Hey, what's up friends? Today I want to talk to those of you who have been struggling with food and weight for longer than you care to admit. Do you ever feel like no matter what you do, you're always frustrated with yourself around food? Do you worry you'll never be there with food and weight? The place where you'll finally feel comfortable in your skin and free of all of this stupid food noise? Maybe you always do well for a while until something manages to throw you off course. Or maybe you know you're eating emotionally but just can't seem to stop. Maybe body shame triggers you into the same old restrictive patterns that always backfire. Do you ever feel like the noise around food and weight is just driving you a little crazy? Like Dr. Oz is on the TV in one room but the cookies are calling your name in the other? I know it can feel like a lot. It's a heavy, heavy feeling. At some point, the diet binge cycle and constant food noise becomes so intrusive that the only thing we want more than weight loss is getting our sanity and mental health back. That's why I'm so grateful for coaches like the beautiful Isabel Fox and Duke, who you may remember from episode three of the Mind Body Musings podcast. And she's at it again with her free video series, Stop Fighting Food, the ultimate resource on ending the crazy around food. Reclaiming women's sanity around food is Isabel's thing. Her unique approach gets women out of the diet binge cycle and into a state of mind where food stops ruling the world and starts just being food. Isn't that everyone's dream? This month, Isabel is running a free video training series to introduce women to her work, and the link is attached on the show notes for this podcast episode at mindbodymusings.com. Also on my post will be her free video trailer for the series, so you can check that out too. I really am a longtime fan of this girl's work, and I couldn't be more excited to see what she's cooked up here. Um, you don't need to keep trying around food forever. There is a way out of this cycle entirely. And the reason why I am promoting this um, free video training series is because first it's free, and <laughs> isn't that awesome? Anytime a really awesome piece of work and um, some helpful advice and some guidance is available on the internet for free. I want everyone to take advantage of it. Even if you already feel like you have a control um, over food and, and you're out of that place you might have used to be or you, maybe you are still struggling with it. I know we all, I think we all struggle and I think it's awesome if no one's struggling, but we all can benefit from this stuff to some degree. I know I can and that's why I had Isabel on my show for episode three and to this day that's one of the most listened to podcasts. Isabel is a genius when it comes to weight and food and the relationship we have between the two and how to break free from it. So again, um, go to my website mindbodymusings.com this is um, going to be slash Jimmy dash more because we're having the awesome Jimmy Moore on the podcast today. So excited about that. It was an amazing episode. Um, just go there. You can see the show notes. You can see what me and Jimmy talked about in this podcast. And you can also see this free uh, video training series. Um, sign up for it. Absolutely free. Like I said, it's just a few video series, but it's really, 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 really insightful. And I'm going to be joined on it. I hope you join me. Uh, let me know if you have any questions at all. So that was announcement number one. Announcement number two, um, you may have noticed two things. First, you might have noticed that um, this podcast episode is titled Episode 19, just like last week's podcast episode. You also might have noticed that Episode 19 of last week has now been removed. Um, I am sincerely, sincerely sorry about having to take down a podcast. I know that seems very unprofessional and not like a smart thing to do at all but when it came down to it it was the right thing to do for various reasons that I'm not gonna go into but my um, deepest apologies for taking that down I'm sorry for those of you who didn't get to listen to it and were planning to 
Um, it was with Jeff Fry, and you can basically hear all of the fun stuff that we covered on his own podcast, the Health Nuts Anonymous podcast. So you can go over there, check out Jeff Fry, see what he's all about. And uh, again, I'm just really sorry, and I don't expect that to ever happen again. Um, lots of reasons for taking that down, but in the end, it was for the best for everybody. So let's move on. Last but not least, before we can finally head on over to this amazing episode, is that... Um, so I have some affiliate links on my website, mindbodymusings.com, and the main reason for those affiliate links is because this podcast is my baby, and I love it, and I I feel kind of like every day I get to live the dream a little bit, and I'm very, very grateful for what I can be able to do just for my living room, and the people I can reach, and the people I can talk to, and the lessons I can learn. I'm truly blessed. With that said, this isn't the most cheapest hobby, so I do have some affiliate links on my website, um, and, you know, the purpose of an affiliate is that you get something that you want, so, like, my 90-day workout, or you get, um, well, that's not affiliate, that's a program I created, but you, you can, you can buy protein powder, you can buy supplements, you can buy books, you can buy tools, um, I have an Amazon link on there. At the very bottom of this post, you'll see I have Scoop Be Strong Protein. I also have my, my, my 90 day workout program. Check out both those things. Those are um, one I created <laughs> 90 days of awesome butt kicking workouts. And you can buy that from my website. It's only $24.99 for the 90 days. Um, and then Scoop Be Strong. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I actually work for a company. Well, I, you know, there's only a couple of us in the whole company because, but we work really hard. It's a startup. So my job is to work at a place called Scoop, and we make plant-based supplements, and um, I don't talk about it all that much because I try to just focus on the guests, but I guess right now is a really good time than ever to tell you what I do with my life outside of this podcast, but I work at Scoop at Scoop with a K. Um, You can go check them out at maddiemoon.healthyscoop.com. And what we do is we make plant-based formulas. We have one that is a protein powder. It is a plant-based protein made with brown rice and pea protein. It also has Mediterranean fruits. Um, a complete uh, amino acid profile, and prebiotics. Everyone's focusing on the probiotics, but what about the pre? You got to pay attention to the pre too. So got some prebiotics in there. There's another product we have called A-Game. Two flavors, Choco Fresh and Sweet Greens. And um, Sweet Greens is like acai and blueberry flavor, and then Choco Fresh is the same, but it has a little bit of chocolate flavoring as well. And that is a superfood greens powder, and it's amazing. I have it every single morning. Sometimes I double scoop, and I have some in the afternoon. It's got 41 plant-based non-GMO ingredients, um, super, super delicious, tastes best with almond milk. So if you want to try that out, just go to my show notes and you can see where it says, um, my favorite protein, just click on that. And you could actually see all of our products. We also have another one called be lovely and it's a healthy aging supplement tastes like strawberries and raspberries, and you can drink it with ice cold water and lemon. I probably sound like an infomercial right now, but I have to tell people about scoop every day. So I kind of have this little thing memorized. So If you do have any questions at all, um, these are the only supplements that I take because I'm a firm believer in whole foods. And the crazy thing is these are whole foods just condensed into powder form. I mean, how can you get any more whole food-ish than having 41 phytonutrients, micronutrients, um, probiotics, and adaptogens into one powder? And that's A-game. I forgot to mention there are some adaptogens. So it's really great for fighting stress and inflammation. But then be strong, you know, brown rice and pea protein. 
Um, it's really easy to digest. There's no audible digestion, which you often get with whey protein. Um, it's great sources, non-GMO. Um, so check that out there. And the point of all of saying this is that, you know, you get something, you get an awesome um, protein. And if you go to that link that's on my site, I also get commission. So I'll get like 25% of the protein. And um, if you buy my workout program, all of that money goes to helping me run the show. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into running a show. If you're a podcaster, you know that. Um, it sounds like you're, you know, you just have a mic and um, some Skype and then it's, you, you got it all and that's all you need, but it's actually a lot more to that. You know, a lot of money goes into making these, um, to hosting these, to the equipment, um, to trying to get your word out and marketing yourself. So if you do love this show, you know, there's two ways you can help me out. First, leaving a review on iTunes, that always helps, and that link also is on my website. That helps greatly. Um, that's one way. That's kind of like the iTunes currency, and the other way is just go to uh, my website, check out the Things I Love tab, and you can see my favorite books, my favorite tools in the kitchen, um, clothing I like. All along the sidebar, there's, sidebar, there's affiliates like uh, really awesome leggings and perfectsupplements.com, where you can get um, cordyceps and acai and all that stuff and then scoop is on there of course because that's my baby and that's my um my passion outside of my podcast uh, i i firmly believe in scoop and i believe in the products and i think my, knowing my audience i think y'all would all like it too so wow Woo, that was a lot um thanks for listening to all that i hope you're still all there <laughs> um that's awesome that you stuck around for all of that so let's go ahead and get on over to the show You're listening to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. I'm fitness and nutrition expert Maddie Moon, here to enlighten you on how to live your life in a way that promotes satiation, thrivation, and self-appreciation. Hope you enjoy the show. and welcome back to the podcast. I'm here today with a man that never ceases to blow my mind with his wisdom, knowledge, kindness, and also his sheer willingness to help others. Jimmy Moore is the host of one of the highest ranked health podcasts, The Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, and the author of both Cholesterol Clarity and more recently, Keto Clarity. Jimmy managed to release both of these two books in under a year while also managing to keep up with his website, The Live in La Vida Low Carb Blog. Here's a little fun fact for you. Jimmy is actually the first person to really introduce me to the amazing world of podcasting, and he's also the sole person that taught me the ropes when I first started the Mind Body Musing show. Jimmy's also helped encourage me to stick with it, and he's never failed to be a huge supporter to not only me, but also the entire paleo community. So without any more delay, welcome to the show, Jimmy. Hey, what's up, Maddie? I'm so glad you're here. Congratulations on your podcast. I am so proud of, I, I remember when you and I first talked about doing this podcast and what should we call it and what should be the direction? I said, girl, follow your heart. Do what do what you know and what you know will be cool to a lot of people and go do it. And you did. Yeah. I mean, like immediately I was just, one day I was thinking, you know what, podcasting, that's kind of like the future. That'd be kind of fun to do. Then I messaged you and you were like, Let's set up a call, like right now. I'm free. And then we talked about it. And then the first name that popped in my head was Mind Body Musings with Maddie yeah. Moon. So I went it with worked. it. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. And I was, you were the first podcast. Well, I was on one podcast before you, but you were the 
first podcast that I was on that really like, I don't know, really in-depth conversation. And I was listening to our show that I had, I was on yours. And it was just like, it was really awesome because so much has happened since I did that show with you. Like so much has happened, but I came full circle. So it's like whatever I was saying on that show with you is exactly (laughs) where I am today. And so much stuff happened in between. Like I signed up for another fitness show and like I started from scratch all over again with my mindset and like readjusting how I think about food. Started all over again. But then like I came right back to where I am today and it's just really cool. Like I should have just stuck with what I said on your show and never forgot that. But you know, it's awesome how life kind of works that way and um, you know what, though, Maddie, that's part of the journey. I, th- mm-hmm. I think we're ever evolving. And if we ever stop thinking about this stuff, uh, that's the time we all need to get out of this and just move on to something else. But uh, good for you sticking in there and, and being willing to take risks. And I think that's that's kind of a, a major theme that I, I try to put out there is don't be afraid to try something. If it didn't work, just move to the next thing. But don't stop trying. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I remember on when I was listening to it, you had said introducing me you were like this girl's all over social media and I think it's so funny because you are all over social media you are <laughs> the social media king and like every time I pop up even if I could like I type in something on Google like I'll like type in um I don't know like ketosis and the first thing that pops up is Jimmy Moore and it's like well, I hope it would <laughs> yeah well yeah okay that's a bad example because like no duh that's gonna pop up but I could type in probably something just like paleo yeah and that's the first thing or weight well, loss well, I'm stories very fort- yeah very fortunate I've been out there long enough in the blogosphere and, and writing stuff I think I counted recently over 5,000 blog posts about a thousand podcasts. So yeah, I mean the content has just aggregated over the years and I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do Maddie You've done a thousand podcasts, at least. How? Like that's just <laughs> so, like, so in yeah, awe. The, the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. We just passed like eight sixty something, and then Low Carb Conversations with Jimmy Moore and Friends were at one twenty six, and then I did Ask the Low Carb Experts, which had about uh, seventy or so episodes. So yeah, over a thousand. Wow, that's really inspiring. Like, there's and, no way I can ever complain about. You know anything ever again? <laughs> well, and and Maddie, what's funny is um, when I started my health podcast, the Living La Vida Low Carb Show, the very first one, there weren't many health podcasts out there. Definitely none talking about real food, paleo, low carb, or anything uh, that you know is kind of in abundance now. Uh, it was it was pretty much a, a wasteland of, of people out there. So I, I kind of feel like I've been at it from the ground floor, which is why I love helping people like yourself. You know, and I'm always encouraging, hey, go start a blog, go start a podcast, go do what you're good at, because the more voices we get out there, the better. So, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful I have all the experience under my belt. I still learn new things about podcasting even now, eight years after starting one. So mm-hmm. never stop learning. Yeah, like that can't even imagine though. Like you probably don't ever get nervous before a podcast or anything N- like never, that. Never, never. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not nervous now. I, I'm ne- well, definitely not with a good friend like you. But mm-hmm. uh, never nervous. With, with, I mean, even when I had the vegan on, I, I've had some pretty radical vegans on my show, and one very famous one, John McDougal. Uh, the start solution guy. And yeah, he was pretty ugly to me and, and saying all these really bad things about me personally. And I was just like, okay, this is cool. You know, let's, let's have a little chat and let him hang, hang himself. And he did. 
Wow. I, I, what, is that like an earlier episode or is that like? Oh, no, middle? that was that was last year. It was it was the very first episode after I came back from writing Cholesterol Clarity. I thought, let's come back with a bang. Let me get a really big guest. So I, I went out and I, I went to Dr. McDougal and I said, you know, hey, let's let's have a conversation on my podcast. I know we don't agree on a whole lot, but it might be interesting for you and I to uh, to talk. And of course, you know, my style is so let's, you know, find information, let's find common ground, let's kind of get it out there, and, and I'm not anything but respectful to my guests. And so here he comes on, and he had a total agenda to call me fat and um, say how I'm killing people with my advice, and <laughs> mm. it, it was pretty interesting, uh, to say the least. And, you know, those are kind of fun to me um, because you get to see people's true colors, um, I think it's okay to disagree. You and I disagree probably on basic information about diet, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean we can't uh, or that we have to be disagreeable in the process of disagreeing. Exactly, exactly. And I've kind of come to a place in my life where I kind of feel like there is a reason for everything, and I think that the reason why one diet works for me is is solely based upon what works for me. And you know, right. like I, I respect and understand everyone else's diet, which kind of comes in the way sometimes because, you know, when people ask me nutritional advice, sometimes I like I don't have I'm not like someone who has an answer at all. Right. Like I can't recommend there's no like one thing I believe anymore. So I can't really right. say this is what's gonna really help you because I like I just don't know anymore. Like everything kind of works. So I understand like John's perspective. Yes, we're on a, we're on a first name basis. But <laughs> oh, you oh you better call him Doctor because he called me Mister. He made sure I did not have credentials. Mister. <laughs> He's Mister Moore. Oh wow! You know, it was very snarky. Anyway, you'll have to go back and listen. To that. I actually made a chipmunk version on uh, YouTube if you want to hear it really fast. <laughs> Go go go! Type in uh, Jimmy Moore, John McDougal, Chipmunk, and you'll find it on YouTube. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm like, I can't. See, you've got to have fun with this stuff, Maddie, because if not, you'll lose your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you take it too seriously, and like, still at the point where I'm at, where I do get kind of nervous, and I'm like thinking about a podcast like way hours in advance, like a day before. You I'm, should. Yeah, I'm like, I'm really thinking about it, and I'm trying to get like in the zone and. You know, the hour before the show, I'm like really thinking about what questions I want to ask. And I do take it very seriously, but it's good to be able to lighten up. And like I heard you on um, uh, Underground Wellness on that Uh podcast and you were talking about how you don't prepare questions. And I thought that was so interesting. And, And when people try to interview me, if they send me a list of questions, I never read them. Them. I never open them. I never try to prepare anything because, Maddie, at this point, if I don't know my stuff enough to spontaneously answer literally any question you would throw at me, I have no business being in this space. Mm-hmm. That's so that's so awesome that you think that way. And I totally – I understand. I believe you. Have you ever been caught in a place where you didn't really know the answer? If I don't know the answer, I say I don't know. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or or – I'll find out for you. I have lots and lots of contacts where I can find out for you. So, yeah, you know, I I can at least give some educated answer to just about anything related to diet and health. And if I don't know, then I'll just say I don't know, but I can find out. So, uh, yeah, 
Never a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. So I'm sure everyone um, knows who you are, obviously. But for those that don't, let's go back into your background and just talk about you know your weight gaining history and then your weight you know loss history and how all that came about and how you discovered um, the you know what works for you. Right. So. I was always the fat kid, Maddie. I grew up the fat kid. My mom was a single mom for much of my childhood. And so she had me and my older brother, Kevin, and my younger brother, or younger brother, younger sister, Beverly. Sorry, Beverly. (laughs) And uh, we were all um, obese as kids um, because my mom was trying to feed us the best she could on a single income. And the 1980s, it was uh, crappy garbage. It was everywhere. Uh, I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, uh, Doritos and Cheetos and you know Coca-Cola and all, all this stuff, uh, Hamburger Helper. And we ate that and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so that's kind of what I learned growing up uh, was the right way to eat. And so when I go off to college and become an, a young adult and you know try to start feeding myself, is it any wonder, Maddie, that I would keep eating the same things that I learned? Why, why would I eat any different? I didn't know anything about uh, you know, eating healthy. Of course, healthy then meant cut your fat, cut your calories, and all this other stuff. So, yeah, I got to weigh 410 pounds at one point in my life at the age of 32. And it was kind of my uh, realization that I needed to do something at last. And the problem was every time I wanted to do something, it was always – okay, I've got to cut my calories, I've got to be hungry, I've got to starve, I've got to go out and, and you know, run down the road, up and down the street, you know, and, and it was all these kind of uncomfortable images in my mind of what I had to do. And I was like, no, I don't want to live my life that way. Um, and yet, that was what I thought is what it took to, to get there. So that's how I got to be big. Mm-hmm. And like at this point, how are your cholesterol levels? I don't care, and then didn't know. Didn't know, yeah. Um, I did go see my doctor. Uh, must have been a couple of years, two or three years before I started what I did to lose the weight, and um, and he put me on statin medication for high cholesterol. Uh, Lipitor first, then then a much better one, Crestor. It's the exact same classification, the drug. <laughs> and and I think my total cholesterol when he did that was like 240. So high by medical standards, uh, but in my research for cholesterol clarity, not high at all. Oh, okay. And then how did you come to discover, um, you know, high fat, low carb? Yeah, so in uh, at Christmas time of 2003, I got a diet book for Christmas. Oh, yeah. When you're fat, <laughs> you get diet books for Christmas. This is something you'll never know about, Maddie, but <laughs> you get diet books for Christmas. And I got that year. It was from my mother-in-law, of all people. Thanks, Mom. Um, sent me this book, Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution. And I had gotten other diet books from her, Dr. Phil and Weight Watchers and everything you can imagine. But this one, I read it and I went, okay, this guy is whacked out of his complete mind. Cut your carbs? Isn't that where the energy comes from? How am I going to be energetic if I don't eat carbs? Uh, Eat more fat? Doesn't he know that's going to clog your arteries and raise your cholesterol levels, give you a heart attack? But I was like, you know, I've tried literally everything else and nothing has ever worked. And 
what the heck? You know, I had nothing to lose. And, and then, of course, the realization of stepping on that scale January 1st, 2004 and seeing a four as the first number was sobering. Um, I thought at the time, Maddie, I was about 330 and I was 410. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I had stopped weighing myself, uh, partly because the scale that I used would only go up to 310. And so I just assumed, okay, um, it's still not measuring me. I'm probably about 330, but I was 410. And so that was, that was a gulp moment if I ever had one in my life. And it was at that point that I said, you know what, this is a New Year's resolution, but it really needs to be a new life resolution. I've got to make this my lifetime choice at least to get on the right path of learning. And definitely low-carb, high-fat did that for me, and I'm very grateful for the Atkins diet. I've since uh, and, – and I lost 180 pounds that year, so I, I was very successful doing it. Uh, but since then, I've actually learned – about real food and the impact of things like vegetable oils and why greens aren't such a good idea. A lot of the paleolithic uh, principles that you and I uh, share uh, agreement with, you know, those are the kind of things that I'm now excited about in conjunction with that diet that works for me. And I really love that your philosophy is, you know, hey, find what works for you. That's been my philosophy from day one. People like to peg me, Maddie, as the uh, as the low-carb guy. Well, he wants everybody to be in ketosis, wants everybody to eat low-carb. I don't care how you eat. I want you to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And whatever it takes to get there is what I want you to do. If that's a vegan diet, if that's John McDougall's diet, and you're optimally healthy doing that, guess what? Jimmy Moore is going to be your biggest cheerleader but if it's a, a paleo diet with safe starches, I'm going to cheer you on too if that's giving you the health that you want. Or if it's a ketogenic diet, a low-carb, high-fat diet, then by golly, try that. And if it works for you and improves your health, great. I, I think the whole diet wars thing is a bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really awesome about you because you're very relatable. You have a story people can relate to. Um, you ha- you you know kind of bring hope to people because they see the transformation you've gone through. But you're also very understanding, and you do have the science to back these kind of things up. So you're not just saying you know this works for me. Uh, my energy's better. This this this. You can also say why. And I mean, you've written two books for crying out loud, you know, like you have your research, but you're not pushing it on anyone. You're just enlightening everyone. So everyone at least has the tools they need to be able to make their own conclusions. Which knowledge, is really knowledge is power, Maddie. And if people have the knowledge and they know that uh, LDL, cholesterol and total cholesterol probably isn't what you need to be looking at in regards to your heart health and that there's other things that are better, triglycerides, HDL, uh, inflammation markers, CRP, blood sugar levels, those kind of things. Um, you know, And if people can learn about the benefits of ketosis like we shared in Keto Clarity and know what's out there, then they have the knowledge of, oh, when X happens, I know I can do Y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like going back to when you were you were gaining all of that weight and you got up to 400. Mm-hmm. Um were okay, so people generally think that when you're that when you're that big, you eat a ton of food. <laughs> but it really can be just eating um more than you're burning, you know, is what my assumption is. Were you simply eating more than you were you were using or were you eating a lot of food? Or it was probably it was probably a, it was a whole lot of bad quality food, mm-hmm. uh, 
16 cans of Coca-Cola a day, two boxes of Little Debbie snack cakes. But see, Maddie, that was a time in my life when I still uh, had not come to terms with maybe some emotional baggage from my childhood. And sometimes you cover up stuff. You know, people turn to drugs. They turn to alcohol. I turned to crappy garbage, and crappy garbage was my drug. And you use that to cover up hurt and pain that you've had in your past. You know, and I'm not blaming anything that happened in my past, but it does take time for you to overcome a lot of those demons. And and this is a perfect topic for your show because you talk about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you have to deal with that. And until you do deal with that, you're going to make bad choices. Did I think it was just horrible, horrible choices in the moment? Obviously not. If I did, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, but at the same time, it was choices that I made that were based on what can, what I considered normal at the time. It, it didn't even phase me drinking Coca-Cola in that amount and eating little Debbie snack cakes. Uh, I remember the little Swiss miss rolls and I would just sit there and just stuff my mouth one right after the other, after the other watching television. And you know, people would say, well, why'd you do that? I didn't know anything else. That was what I knew in my life. I had grown up a, a carb addict, uh, you know, because of the food choices that were placed in front of me. And so why would I change, you know, when I became an adult? It, it's it's funny the expectation levels that people have on people that grew up in a household of, of carbs, 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 and then they become young adults and they, they're supposed to just suddenly know to eat collard greens and, uh, you know, you know, a steak with a little butter on top. You know, no, <laughs> you don't just learn those things. You have to be taught those things, which is why I'm very grateful for Dr. Atkins and the paleo diet kind of now shifting my brain. I have no desire to ever drink 16 cans of Coca-Cola, <laughs> even a half a gram of Coca-Cola ever again. Um, or, or you know, I, I see those big displays for Little Debbie snack cakes now. They're still ten for ten dollars. They were ten for ten dollars ten years ago when I ate them, and they're still ten for ten dollars. There's a reason for that. People mm-hmm. don't eat those things. But um, I, I, you know, radical changes in your mindset have to happen, and they did for me, thankfully. And it's why I'm so passionate about my work now, trying to get that message out there. And and thank you for talking about the relatability thing because. That is what I'm trying to do. I'm not saying mimic what Jimmy Moore did. I'm saying mimic the mind change, the mindset change, the caring maybe for the first time in your whole life what you're putting in your mouth. I never cared what I put in my mouth. I never cared what my medical uh, records were telling me and my cholesterol levels, and I don't even want to know what my blood sugar was during that time. Um, But it certainly put me in the position I am now where I now have to maybe do a little more radical diet change than probably most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what I think is really interesting is a lot of people do deal with what you were just talking about, the having to overcome some history and they do that with food. You know, yes. some people do it with shopping, you know, sex, whatever your, your poison is, you know, but for you, did you, did, did, um, changing what you put in your mouth help you deal with your past or was it facing your past helped you to put more importance on what you put in your mouth? Which one kind of helped move along the other? Yeah, I came to terms with a lot of the emotional baggage in my late 20s and I did the Atkins diet when I was 32. So I think getting the emotional baggage dealt with 
first Maddie was so critically important. Mm-hmm. And and it was so amazing because I remember the first time um, I talked to the family member that, you know, was really overbearing on me. And I was like, you know, I forgive you for what happened. And and that was a powerful moment um, because I almost felt the weight of the world coming off my shoulders, you know. And, and then later on, once I started being successful at, at losing weight and then becoming, you know, pretty successful online doing what I do now – you know, he, he said he was proud of me and I had never heard that. And he said he loved me and I'd never heard that before. And so, you know, all these things kind of come together and they kind of fuel you even more. So once all that baggage from the past went away, I think it prepared me to embrace what I was doing and finally be successful. Now, that's not to say I don't struggle and still have issues here and there, but it's not an emotional thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most difficult things to get past when it comes to having some kind of disordered eating. Not that I'm saying you had that, but you know what I'm saying. Like, oh, I had a bad disordered eating. Okay. <laughs> 16, <laughs> 16 cans of Coca-Cola, two boxes of Little Debbie snack cake, going to McDonald's every day and getting a sausage, egg, and biscuit sandwich, two for two twenty two. I remember that. And then I'd go buy 7-Eleven and, and get like these uh, honey bun. Uh, oh, Maddie, I think about the way I used to eat and I go – what were you thinking, dumbass? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like I mean, it's so inspiring though, and like as awful as that time must have been, it is so great how that set up the rest of your life. You know, it's like yeah. without that happening, think of all of the people that would not have discovered this diet for them, and think about all the people who would be struggling by themselves. And you know, there's Atkins and stuff like that, but again, it's missing that that connection, that understanding, and that relatability. And that's what you have. And that's why I think a lot of people have been helped through this to, to lose their own weight and to stop drinking 16 cans of Coke. And so, uh, you know, you had to go through a few years of some rough garbage to get to, you know, this place, that, this amazing place you're at now, 1,000 podcasts later, which is yeah, great. I- you know, I, I just shudder to think, you know, when I was 15 years old, would I have thought if somebody said, you know, in about uh, 20 years, 20, 25 years, you're going to have one of the leading health blogs and podcasts. Uh, first of all, I would have said, what the heck's a blog and a podcast, but <laughs> blogs and podcasts on the Internet. Um, and you'll be writing books that uh, will have a chance to hit the New York Times bestseller. And I'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Jimmy Moore diet uh, health. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's cholesterol again? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So speaking of cholesterol, um, and I'm not asking this question just for my listeners, but I'm actually asking this for me because I really, I've always been very out of the loop on cholesterol to be completely honest. Like Mm -hmm. that's something I probably know the least of and I wish I had more of an explanation for people and that's why I'm really excited to have you on because I'm, (laughs) I'm curious about what is cholesterol and you know, why did we think that? egg yolks caused cholesterol, but they actually don't. That's my biggest question because I get asked that a lot and I really don't know how to explain it. Like why is red meat not clogging your arteries and what is actually clogging your arteries or what is causing bad cholesterol to rise and all that fun stuff that you know. That's a lot of questions in there. So (laughs) let's talk about cholesterol. Cholesterol people think is an evil thing, but actually if you didn't have any cholesterol in your body, you would die. In fact, if Jay Leno went out on the street 
you know, when he was doing the Tonight Show and he'd do the little man on the street thing. Hey, what do you think the perfect level of cholesterol is? Do you know, Maddie, some people would say zero. Oh. Because they would think lower cholesterol is healthier. And so zero would be the healthiest thing. But that would be an ignorance of the basic biology of what cholesterol is doing. Cholesterol is just a natural part of the human process. And so with, without the cholesterol, you die. It does so many things. I mean, it's involved in, in metabolism of fat. It's involved in the sex hormone. It's involved in literally every aspect of your health. So you want cholesterol. So what comes into play is you've got these uh, idiotic experts out there that like to say, well, if you consume saturated fat and cholesterol in your diet from eggs and red meat and all these things, you're going to clog your arteries. Well, they're just ignoring, again, basic biology that fat and cholesterol are not necessarily the evil when it comes to heart disease. What is the evil? If it's not, if it's not the cholesterol in your blood, it's inflammation. So inflammation is a marker that you can actually get tested in your, at your doctor's office. There's this great test. It's called high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, sometimes uh, called HSCRP. And that number will tell you the amount of inflammation that's in your body. Now, it's not the only inflammatory marker, but it's the primary one that doctors run. And if he runs it and it's over like 2.0, you might have some issues starting to take place. Optimally, you want it to be below 1.0. And so if it's below 1.0, you have very little inflammation. Without inflammation, you cannot have heart disease, no matter how high your cholesterol is. So those people that, that write to you, Maddie, and they say, well, uh, I'm supposed to avoid eggs because they have cholesterol in it. Dietary cholesterol does not necessarily raise blood levels of cholesterol. In fact, one of the uh, low-carb researchers actually ate 17 eggs in one sitting just to prove this point. He, he took his cholesterol and he ate 17 eggs in one sitting. The next day he went and got his cholesterol uh, ran and his cholesterol went up one point. So if cholesterol in eggs is somehow raising your blood cholesterol, um, why didn't his cholesterol go up more than one point? Uh, the, the, the point of the story is it doesn't raise your cholesterol. And what saturated fat actually does is it does one really awesome thing to your cholesterol panel, and it raises HDL cholesterol, which is the good guy. You want higher HDL, and it also lowers your triglycerides. And we talked about inflammation. What is it that's raising inflammation? It's two things. We call them the twin villains in cholesterol clarity. It's carbohydrates, obviously, and definitely the more refined grains, sugars, and starches, those all raise your triglycerides. And then the second thing is vegetable oils. Those are highly inflammatory. They do a great job of lowering your LDLC number, which is what doctors say, oh, this is why you need to drink vegetable oils and, and cook your food in vegetable oils because it lowers your LDL. Well, yeah, it lowers LDLC, but at the expense of the better kind of LDL, which is the large fluffy kind, it kills off all the large fluffy and leaves you with small dents, which is the truly ones that will raise inflammation and then give you a heart attack. So I, I know that's a lot of stuff I just threw at you, but we go into great detail about it in Cholesterol Clarity. 
Well, that's that, no, that's really interesting, and I'm probably gonna have to listen to this a million times over so that I could finally get the wording <laughs> right. But um, yeah, and it's just it's crazy because my own dad has had. Um, I was a little bit younger when all of this was going on, so even I don't fully understand exactly what he had, but he's had to watch his cholesterol yeah. for years. And so I remember a time in my life where we ate like turkey bacon and oh, yeah. um, a lot of rice and chicken and Weight Watchers cakes, like the one point cakes. Um, and me as a kid, I ate like five of those in one sitting because mm-hmm. they're just one point. Um, wow. Yeah, so in, in he, him exactly, like, I really want to be able to talk to him about it. But see, he has like a heart stint. So in his heart, he had this, or maybe not in his heart exactly, but he has a stint that kind of helps with his heart. I don't really see again, like I sound really ignorant because I don't really understand it. <laughs> but like for someone like him then, would, would eating more fat and eating more saturated fat be good with that stint or no? So um, I definitely would never give medical advice. Sure, yeah. I, I always tell people I'm not an MD, PhD, RD, or any D after my name. I'm just a Joe Schmo out here trying to spread information. But based on my research for cholesterol clarity, um, for sure there's no harm that comes from eating real food that's going to nourish your body and shift your blood chemistry to one that's better. And because it's inflammation that leads to heart disease and not cholesterol, um, I would think that anything that would improve that metabolic, cardiometabolic health um, by limiting inflammation, so limiting the, the carbs that would raise inflammation and eating fats that aren't going to raise inflammation, which is like the saturated fats and the monounsaturated fats, and of course the omega-3s are in there as well. Um, so eating those kinds of foods that would have that uh, and and then another key here, Maddie, is making sure the foods you consume aren't going crazy on your blood sugar. So I'm assuming if he's had a stent put in before, he's probably had some blood sugar issues that have been a little wonky as well. So getting anything uh, that he would consume, getting his blood sugar under control is probably going to give him the best fighting chance to be as healthy as he can henceforth. And And like inflammation also causes a lot of joint pain, right? Oh, inflammation causes all kind of pain. You're referring to a lot of kind of the um, systemic inflammation that that you would feel, but I'm talking about even inflammation in the arteries that you wouldn't necessarily feel until you had a heart attack. And here's what happens. Um, In the arteries, when inflammation uh, starts, it's kind of like a, a scab that happens uh, in what they call the endothe- endothelial wall. So that scab happens, and then cholesterol has to come and try to heal that scab. So then another scab happens, and of course, as the inflammation continues, if you continue eating a crappy diet of carbs and vegetable oils, you keep getting those scabs, and then they keep having cholesterol come to heal, and that's what starts to build up. So it's not so much that the cholesterol is what's clogging your arteries, it's the inflammation that's requiring the cholesterol to come heal. And see, that's one of the things cholesterol does, is it's a healing agent inside the body, and if it has to keep coming to try to save the day, and you keep making things inflamed, it's kind of like if your neighbor's house was on fire, and you didn't have as many firefighters to come put out the fire, what would happen? That house would burn to the ground and would be destroyed. Well, that's exactly what's happening to people whenever they take a statin drug and they lower their cholesterol. 
they're actually removing firefighters from their body. So the firefighters need to be there to take care of the inflammation that's going on. And if you have less and less firefighters to put out the fire, less and less cholesterol to respond to the inflammation, is it any wonder that people have a heart attack? Hmm. So that's kind of an interesting analogy to think of it. Very interesting. I like that. Okay, I'm going to use that. That's in Madeline terms. Nice. Thank you. Okay. Um, Another question that I just have to ask you because there's a lot of controversy around it. Yeah. Um, Polyunsaturated fats. Are you, like, you know, like the whole poofa thing? And I mean, again, I'm not really that great at describing it, but how they slow your metabolism and the way that they like something pair up in your body or something like that. Um, (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? So that's the vegetable oils we're talking about here. What the about pol- like nuts though? Like like just regular old nuts because that's quite a that's a Oh, because of thing. the ome- because of the omega-6 uh, fats that are in it. Yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with trying to get your omega-3 to omega-6 ratio better um because we are definitely whacked out with the standard American diet being upwards of what 20 30 to 1 omega-6 to omega-3. You know, I'm not one of these anal retentive people, Maddie, that you have to, oh my gosh, never, ever, I'm not a paleo perfectionist, ever, ever have, you know, nuts. I love um, macadamia nuts. I love raw almonds. I I never realized back in my 16 can of Coca-Cola days that um, almonds were actually sweet, (laughs) but but they are so good and so sweet. Um, And so... Yeah, I don't really worry about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of gets lost in the minutia, and I don't choose to let my brain get bogged down by that, but I am cognizant of it, and I don't go overboard. And, of course, the way I eat now, I don't have a need to snack, and usually nuts tend to be a snack food. If I'm having to snack, it means I didn't eat enough in my previous meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That makes total sense. And and with ketosis, I'm kind of like gliding into ketosis now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's actually a lot easier for you to go longer periods of time without eating, right? Oh my gosh, that was kind of the revelation when I did this very open experiment on my blog uh, in N equals one of nutritional ketosis, where I ate a, a very low carb to my personal tolerance level of carbs, uh, moderated protein to my threshold. Uh, and then uh, saturated and monounsaturated fats to satiety. When I did that, Maddie, I remember I was uh, in about two or three weeks of doing this, and my wife Christine looks over at me and she says, have you eaten today? And I went, huh. So I look at the clock and I go, you know, it's been about 24 hours since I've eaten last. I had forgotten to eat. Now, how freeing is that? How how much of a great sign of metabolic health is it that you're so not preoccupied by where the next meal is going to be? You know, it kills me all these people that say, I had breakfast this morning. Here's what I'm going to have for lunch. And, and then at lunch, you eat lunch. And, all right, so I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, people are always thinking and talking about food. You know when I think and talk about food? When I eat. Mm-hmm. Do you know when I stop thinking and talking about food? When I'm done eating. And I can go those long periods of times between meals because when you're satisfying your hunger with the right kinds of foods that are right for your body, you don't feel hunger. If you're feeling hungry two hours after eating, guess what? There was something wrong with that meal you just had. 
either not enough food, not enough fat, too many carbs, too much protein, something was going on, which is what we tried to help people do in Keto Clarity is figure out, all right, how do you tweak the macros to make it so that you can do that spontaneously without even thinking about it? Um, it's, it's really a magical thing. Yeah, it seems like the, the goal for this is to be the healthiest you can be possibly for your body um, with th- taking the less of like the least amount of time to think about it. And that's right. That's really awesome because like when I first started paleo, it's I, I did it wrong. Like I just yeah. I, I paleoed wrong because many different reasons, but one of them uh, I still had like very um, my mindset was still focused on the calories and still focused on. Um, okay, this is, you know, this is a carb, this is a fat, this is a protein, I need to be eat, eat this many today, this many of uh, this one. And like, I would eat so many sweet potatoes, because yeah. I was trying to put on muscle and carbs make things grow. And so, right. you know, I was like, I, it's all I can eat is squash and potatoes. So I'm gonna make sure that I eat all of these potatoes. And I remember going to the gym, and taking my protein shake, um, which I now understand is not is not optimal because the insulin spikes and everything. But then, right. I mean, I didn't fully understand what white potatoes were doing to me. So I'd also have three white potatoes, like three of those teeny tiny baby white potatoes. But still, yep. I would have that. And then like two hours later, I would still be so hungry. So I'd have a sweet potato with like sausage and egg. And then I'd still be hungry like three hours after that. And I was still trying to do the eat every two to three hours thing with paleo yeah. and like, I was just eating so much fat, but also a lot of carbohydrates. And I was I was just like, my energy was dragging. Um, I was hungry all the time, and I was constantly planning my meals. And uh, planning my meals has been something I've done for the past, like, I would say four years. And I've been so focused on food, and I love, love, love to cook. It's so fun, but I became so, like, obsessed with cooking and not in a good way, not like in a, oh, I'm making a, a cookbook kind of way. More like, right. you more like, I just love food so much. I'm so excited <laughs> to make something. And you're like, what am I going to make for dinner? And then what time am I going to have dinner? And like, what's going to be my post-dinner snack? And like food all the time. And when I moved to Colorado, I kind of just like decided to do a 180 on most everything I, I had been doing. And I took a really long break from just like cooking or like spending more than five minutes in the kitchen. And not for everyone, like, of course, that's not the best thing, but I would, I would prepare things in advance and I would just put them together right before and then I would eat and then I would focus on something else. So I would spend as like tiny, as small amount of time as possible focusing on the food I was eating. And, you know, that's kind of an opposite approach. A lot of people are like, how about you sit down and like really taste your food, turn off the TV and all this stuff. And I did do that. I would turn off the TV, I'd read a book and I'd eat or something like that. But the point for me was to spend as few amount of minutes in the kitchen so I could move on with the rest of my day and focus on, you know, the the walk I was going to take on the lake right afterwards or the time I was going to spend with my dog. Right. And that is what really helped me, going back to my original point, that's what really helped me to <laughs> stop focusing on food. And I'm definitely not at a place where I, you know, I can go 24 hours without eating. That's probably more of a... Um, blood sugar thing or the kind of food choices I'm eating, but right. um, it my, my mindset it has changed a lot. My mindset has changed. Like I can go longer hours and that's a huge, huge milestone for me to be able to go five to six hours without eating. Like that's yes. a very long time. Like being able to eat, sometimes I eat three meals a day and like that 
for me is like really unheard of in the past three years. I'm always like six six meals a day, and like to be able to eat three, sometimes two. Like sometimes I really do, do eat two meals, and that's all I really need. And it's awesome to be able to listen to your body and to stop focusing so much on food and just to, to focus on your day and you know your your podcasts and your books and you know your dog and the weather and like all those other awesome things in life. And just to step back and say, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this day. I'm going to really listen to my body, which is not that easy to do. But to really focus right. on listening to your body when you're hungry. And it's really eye-opening. So that's awesome. 24 hours. Wow. Well, and, and Maddie, uh, quite frankly, you're, you and I are completely opposites. I mean, you're, you're a young, thin woman. I'm a middle-aged, uh, little overweight guy. I mean, <laughs> so... I've got a little more like ability probably to fast than you. And, and, and this is a good point too. I don't think everybody necessarily needs to fast. I mean, fasting can help a lot of people, but it has to happen naturally. And if naturally you're able to go four, five, six hours and you're used to eating every two hours, that's a win. That's mm -hmm. a big win. So good for you kind of recognizing that that works for you and you're able to, you know, succeed at only doing three meals versus six, seven, eight meals a day. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And for a while I was trying to do the fasting thing. Um, and never force it. Yeah. You know, that's exactly why I stopped because I was forcing it and I wanted to just do what everyone else was, you know, doing because they claimed it was so amazing for them. Yeah. And for me, it started to turn into like a game. Like how far can I go today? Yeah. You know, that's how my perverted nature is. <laughs> you know, I'm like well, turning something that can be good into something kind of like that. Well, and I think it's important for people to tinker around with it. You know, and people will write me and say, Oh, read keto clarity. And you said fast. So I, I'm so hungry. I'm like, hello. Did you read the part in the book where it said, if you get hungry, you do something that's just revolutionary. It's called, eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then the next time you want to try to fast, maybe bump up the amount of calories and, and definitely the amount of fat that you consume. Make sure you've dialed in the, the protein and carbs to your tolerance and, and threshold level. And then try it again and see how you do. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're a failure if you're not able to do the 12 to 24 hour thing, but that's a good sign that you found a really sweet spot in your pursuit of ketosis. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think are like the, the top two or three mistakes people make when they try to do ketosis just to help those avoid making those mistakes? You know, the number one thing I've heard from people who've read the book and uh, thankfully it's, it's doing extremely well. So there's a lot of copies that are out there. We're already in our fourth printing after a little over a month of it being out. So I'm, wow. I'm really honored that so many people are responding to it. And the biggest thing people have said is it was revolutionary to them to hear that you can overconsume protein because we've always heard Maddie low carb is a high protein diet. In fact, if you look in most like uh, news stories that come out in, you know, they'll say that low carb, high protein Atkins diet. Well, Atkins was never a high protein diet. It was probably a moderated protein, but it's always been a high fat diet. So people heard, Oh, um, high protein diet. So I can eat chicken breasts. Well, chicken breast might be good if you're preparing for a show like you used to, but it's not very good if you're trying to get into ketogenesis <laughs> mm -hmm. because there's this long G word we talk about in, in Keto Clarity called gluconeogenesis. So when you consume too much protein, in other words, more protein than what your body can use, it gets converted by the liver 
into, wait for it, wait for it, sugar. <laughs> so if you're trying to increase ketones, guess what is the very opposite of producing ketones? It's producing sugar. So when sugar is higher in the blood, it kills your ability to make ketones, which is why we try to shift you from being a sugar burner to a fat burner, which is why you cut carbs first. So most people know to cut carbs. That's that's the no-brainer for them when they start this. But the thing that they don't realize is that if you don't reduce your protein to a certain level that's right for you so that you don't produce glucose, you're going to have a lot of sugar in your blood. Even though you may have hardly any carbs coming into your body at all, that's where it is. It's the protein. So that's the big mistake. And then the other mistake that I think is is really big is people don't eat enough fat. Mm-hmm. So – you know, when I first started this, I was eating probably 55% of my calories as fat, which by every definition is a high fat diet. But what I found, Maddie, was I needed to bump it up even more to closer to maybe 80, 85% of my calories. Now, not everybody needs to eat that way. So please don't go and say, Jimmy Moore said eat 80, 85% of your diet and blah, blah, blah. No, that's what Jimmy Moore has to do because he's had to figure that out for himself. You figure it out for yourself and we show you how to do that in Keto Clarity. Mm, I love that advice. Yeah. Wow. So I think that for me, that was one of the biggest things that I had to to work through is the fat thing. Like, and and, I mean, protein was really confusing for me too, because, you know, I was so used to eating. I mean, I combined those two things. I was so used to eating 99% lean ground Turkey that I was eating a lot of that. So a lot of protein and then very little fat. And so I'd have like one fourth of an avocado and be like, you know, that's pretty satiating. Yeah, that feels good. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, I should have been eating like 80, 20 or something like that. But it's it's like we've just been taught for so long that that's the the bad kind of fat and that's like oh wow you're really indulging. Um, I remember one time, totally off subject, but I remember you had posted something about going where were you at a hotel I think and you asked for real pork or something or no real bacon and then someone said to you yeah you, you like indulge like enjoy the 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 real thing on right. uh, vacation instead of like the turkey bacon i right. thought that was so funny <laughs> it's like yeah that's oh that's right that was in a ho- yeah that was in a hotel yeah that's right it, that wasn't that long ago actually <laughs> and they're like yeah you need to just let yourself go and have the good uh, the real bacon i'm like no that's what i eat all the time <laughs> it's so funny it's like that's what we're taught is like you know eat the turkey bacon eat the the fake wrap <sighs> But turkey bacon's way too lean because it has a lot of protein and not enough fat now. So it's a mindset shift when you start trying to think about ketosis. You don't look at food in the same way anymore. Chicken breast is not a health food. Um, turkey sausage is not a health food. Um, you know, all of these kind of lower fat things, you know, and you go to the grocery store, it's literally all low fat stuff. I mean, you go to the yogurt section, Maddie, it's all high sugar and low fat or zero fat. You can't find full fat yogurt in a regular grocery store. It's crazy. Yeah. What about what are your thoughts on like calories? I mean, this is a very probably a, a long discussion, but real quickly, <laughs> well, it's I'm really just, not. <laughs> okay, well that's good because I, I'm curious when you eat like, um, you know, if you wake up and you have full fat yogurt and then yep. some eggs and then later you have some um, very fatty grass fed beef and then yep. later you have you know, pork loin and like bacon wrapped asparagus. I, I mean, I know you can, you can be pretty low calorie with this kind of diet because you are so satiated. Like if you just eat, you know, 
some butter in your coffee one day and you're satiated all day, that's not very many calories. But then there are other days where your stomach just literally wants to be filled up. So you fill it up with volume and and that might be, you know, more meat than you're in usually. And you might eat like, you know, a thousand calories over what you're burning. So what are your thoughts on that? Is it, is it all based on quality or do calories matter? I love, I love that you brought up that it's very easy to under eat when you're in a state of nutritional ketosis. And that is so true, Maddie. Uh, The whole idea that one day, you know, when Christine asked me if I'd eaten and it had been 24 hours, you know, Think about when you eat one or two meals a day, which tends to be my pattern. I eat one to two meals a day. That means I got to get most of my calories in in like one meal. So, you know, sometimes I'll post my meals and they're pretty voluminous when I I have a meal. Uh, Let me just give you an example. Uh, Let's say I have four eggs cooked in grass-fed butter and then I'll put cheese on top of that. And I'll have sour cream on top of that. I'll have a whole avocado and maybe some bacon or sausage on the side. Now, that's a whole lot of food. I'm smiling so big right now. That sounds so good. <laughs> and, and we actually put that recipe in uh, in Keto Clarity, by the way. So it's, it's Jimmy's Keto Eggs recipe. But, um, you know, I'll eat that. And it's probably close to 2,000 calories worth of food. And people are like, oh, my God, you can't have that many calories in one meal. I'm like, but what if it's my only meal in the entire day? Then what do you say? Well, then people are like, oh, well, 2,000 in a day. Okay, that's okay. But see, they see it in a meal, and they're still thinking breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, midnight snack. And they're Mm -hmm. thinking in the old paradigm of eating by the clock. And I'm saying stop eating by the clock. Stop worrying about how many calories you've gotten in and just eat to satiety and your body will naturally manage those calories well. And if that means 2,000 calories in one meal and that's all you eat all day, so be it. If you feel more comfortable chopping those calories up over several meals, okay, fine. But your body can do well, especially in those periods of fasting and even for you, Maddie, in those five or six hours between meals where you used to be only two hours between meals, you're doing some really fabulous things metabolically, controlling your blood sugar, even producing ketones a little better. Um, Those things all matter. And so if we keep feeding the beast, so to speak, you know, with all these frequent meals, I don't think that's necessarily doing our bodies a good thing. Those periods of fasting actually can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you also improve your energy and you improve your mental clarity. And those were the things that really made me want to have a higher fat diet is because my mental clarity. And I really noticed that when I have more uh, more grains, and, and I do love grains, but, you know, they definitely do fog up my brain sometimes. And oh, that's, yeah. that's the biggest thing for me is, like, I, I really enjoy having white rice, which it, it can be kind of, like, you know, there's controversy about it in the paleo community. But I really enjoy having white rice, avocado, and ground turkey, like the fattiest, like the ground thigh, whatever. So, so, so good. But after I have it, generally, I do feel a little bit tired, um, a little bit sleepy. But, you know, it it totally depends on what I'm in the mood for that day. If I'm really focused on my mental clarity, I have a long day at work, then I know that's not my optimal choice. But if my taste buds are my main priority, then I might go with it. (laughs) It kind of just depends on what I'm feeling. 
Well, and that's good that you recognize that about yourself. And and I would just urge you to continue to see how you do with specific foods like that. And I've had to do the same thing. I mean, a lot of people also report the dairy is is not very good for them. And yet I find the high fat dairy helps me in my pursuit of ketosis. And so it's kind of a, you got to figure it out for yourself kind of thing. And that, that was kind of the theme song of Keto Clarity was, you know, don't look for me to tell you your perfect macronutrient ratio to get into ketosis. I'm, it's not about that. It's about tinkering and checking your blood sugar after you have that white rice. And if it's not impacting you, then I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love that. So we're coming up on the hour here. My very last question for you, which mm -hmm. I ask all of my guests, if you could give one piece of advice to someone looking to strengthen their mind-body connection, what would you tell them? Strengthen their mind-body connection. Love yourself. Mm -hmm. Stop Stop hearing the negative voices, especially if you put yourself put yourself out there on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hear some negative voices, people. Mm -hmm. uh, I think people are too unkind to themselves, and they need to learn to love themselves. And that's something I had to come to grips with, uh, coming back full circle, what we talked about earlier with the emotional baggage. You have to let go of stuff. You have to forgive. You have to love. You have to be appreciative of the moment. You have to be giving to others. Um, you have to really make those sacrifices of yourself and do things for other people. And guess what happens in the process of doing that? You find inner peace and joy beyond your wildest expectations. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's an amazing answer. And it was so instinct to you. Immediately you were just like, love yourself. So thank you so much, Jimmy, for sharing that. And thank you for just giving us all this great information. Everyone go check out his book, Keto Clarity and Cholesterol Clarity, I think I have it on my website under the uh, my, my favorite books section. So you can go over there, check it out. Um, and, you know, Jimmy, you just rock and you inspire me every day. So keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on our show. Well, Maddie, I'm very proud of you. Keep up your great work. And uh, thank you so much. All right. Bye, Jimmy. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening, friends. I'm Maddie Moon, and you have been enjoying the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, mindbodymusings.com, where you can also sign up for my free ebook, How to Love Your Body Again 10 Easy Steps to Stop Sacrificing and Start Living. I created this book to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex-fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be rid of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening.